Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. I, I want to, though, just give a framework um, for why baptism is foundational and really important and imperative for every believer, every person that's put their faith in Jesus. So I want you to look at one passage of scripture with me. Go with me to Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter three. We're going to look at verses 13 through 17. I do want to say uh, we are having service tonight. If you want to come, ooh, I don't know, stream online. It's going to be crazy. Or come back or come early. Uh, we'll have service tonight. It's just going to be a worship night uh, tonight, and it's going to be good. And I'm premiering our music video tonight. You saw a little snippet. The whole video is dropping tonight. You're not impressed. That's okay. That's okay. That's cool. I'll stay in my lane. I'll just preach. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. It's exactly how God sounded that day, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Beautiful passage of scripture. I want to not preach long, really just talk and set a framework for the day uh, from this title, There's Something in the Water. There's something in the water. Look at your neighbor one last time. Just get in their face and say, oh, neighbor, there's something in the water. Look at your other neighbor, the one you completely ignored because they don't look like a viable first option. <laughs> Just say, other neighbor, I'm telling you, there's something in the water. If you know God's going to speak, give him some praise up in here. Jesus speak, amen. Something in the water. Y'all don't think I'm doing this to be funny or for like an illustration, but my mouth is actually really dry. Can you bring me my little bottle of water over there? Yes. I'm playing. This is a part of my illustration. <laughs> Have you ever met these people, the gallon carrier water? <laughs> people just walk in like this. This is how they come in. <laughs> With that, if this is not the most extra thing in the world, this, some of them take over a whole nother level. They got the little marks, the line on it, say three o'clock, four o'clock. There'll be a middle conversation talking to you. Hold on, excuse me. Four o'clock, sorry. Oh, it makes me laugh. 
You clown, is that really necessary? Ah, uh, yes it is, six glasses a day, it is. Your body's 60% water. Okay, bro, that's a suggestion. You ain't gotta, I think you can tell a lot about a person by the water they carry, by the water they drink. Where are my, who, where are my Essentia water people, the black tie people? You see how pretentious they just clapped? That's my Essentia people. I'll be honest, I'm a Fiji person myself. Where are my Dasani water people? Yeah, open it up, sound like a Sprite can. <laughs> Tell a lot about a person <laughs> by the water they drink. There's something in the water. And I was just thinking, I was wondering, what would your Bible look like if there was no water? These are the type of thoughts that ruminate in your mind when you're getting ready to have a baptism service called All In. What would your Bible look like if there was no water. You understand that water is mentioned in the Bible 722 times, more than faith, hope, prayer, and worship. Your God talks about water. What would the Bible look like if there was no H2O? I know you couldn't even get past the first chapter in Genesis, not even past the first two verses, when your God says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the, over the water. Before God turned the lights on in creation, the Spirit of God was already moving, not over a body of people, but over a body of water. Ooh, there's something in the water. Your Bible doesn't just begin with water, it ends with water. The book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse number 17, it says, and the spirit and bride say, come and let anyone who is thirsty come and drink of the free gift. Your God, who is obsessed with water from beginning to end. He talks about water. Even in the book of Exodus, that monumental moment when Moses kicks open the door of the palace of Pharaoh, psh, walks right in, sticks his chest out, and tries to keep his stutter under control, and says, Pharaoh, stop playing the music. God said, let my we want to leave. <laughs> Let my people go. And Pharaoh thought that freedom was an option and that Moses was making the suggestion. And he refused to let God's people go and worship him. And he refused to the point that God had to show his power and sent plagues. And of all the plagues, the one that I really think got Sister Pharaoh going is when she woke up that morning and went to go run her bath water. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh hears a blood-curdling scream. <laughs> and he walks in and sees that what was water is now blood. And she says, baby, call the plumber. There is something in the water. God seems to be obsessed with water. There's something 
in the water. You understand the significance of this day as we baptize some 100 of you, that even in the Bible, the first time we see baptism as a foreshadowing of its necessity is actually in the book of Exodus with the children of Israel. It's a foreshadowing. The children of Israel in the Old Testament are a shadow, a foreshadowing of you and I, the church of the living God. Moses, that deliverer with the staff, he is a picture, a foreshadowing of Jesus, who is our deliverer, who will bring our salvation. Pharaoh is a foreshadowing of Satan, who wanted to keep them in Egypt, a foreshadowing of sin. And it came all the way to that moment when he finally said, go. And as they went to the Red Sea, they encountered water on their exit. And Moses says, don't trip, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the children of Israel said, well, you got to stand still because we can't walk on water. What else are we going to do? And Moses lifts up his staff and the Red Sea splits and they walk through that water. That's the first picture of baptism because it's saying, when I go through this water, the old me is staying in Egypt, but the new me is stepping into my promise, into all that God has for me. That's the first foreshadowing. Look of the greatness and the timing of your God, that even when he split the water, he made sure that Pharaoh would chase them at a certain time, and he made sure that as they were coming through chasing the children of Israel, trying to keep them in their past, that as soon as the last little Israelite crossed that water that was split, they were chasing them, and the water Water came crashing in on Pharaoh. That's why I thank God for his timing. That even when your past tries to bring you back, he'll make sure that your enemies drown behind you. See, that's why y'all don't know how to praise God. People who know how to praise God, they don't need a worship team. They don't need anybody to lead them. All they need to do is look back to where they could have been and where they should have been, and praise will erupt out of their heart and their spirit. I don't need a tambourine. I don't need a brook or a chandler. I just need a flashback of how good God has been. And when you think of the goodness of Jesus, praise ought to erupt out of your heart. Oh, some of y'all acting pretentious. I dare you to give God some praise. Like, you know there's some things you could have drowned in, but God in his faithfulness at the right time split some things for you to walk. <laughs> they came through, and all of a sudden they started praising God. It was actually the first recorded praise and worship song. When they came through that water and they looked at Pharaoh and all of his horses and all of his men drowned in that water, they turned all the way up started giving God praise, but their praising quickly turned into complaining. Walking through the wilderness saying, for real? You brought us out here to die of thirst, you ain't got no essential water, we can't get no water. And God speaks to Moses, tells him to hit a rock, and a water came out of a rock. He struck a rock, and a water came out and satisfied the thirsty souls of the children of the, in the wilderness. He just hit a rock. He speaks to Moses again in the book of Numbers and says, strike the rock. And then he tells him, speak to the rock. And Moses got frustrated. You would too. If you were a pastor in a mega church of a million people who kept complaining when they were slaves and now they set free, but I always got something to say. And instead of obeying God and speaking to the rock, he hits 
the rock again. And water still comes out. But God said, Moses, you're not going to go into the promised land because you hit the rock a second time instead of speaking to the rock. Really, Jesus? Is it that serious? Oh, yeah, it's that serious because the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of that which is to come. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that Christ is that rock. And the reason he had to be struck the first time is because our Savior was struck on a cross. One time was enough. The cross was enough. And when you hit it again, Moses, you're messing up the picture of who the rock was. We don't have to crucify the Savior again. Now because he was crucified, you can speak to this God. You have access to him. And when you talk to him, that relationship will satisfy the longing of your soul. He wasn't crucified twice. He was crucified once and for all. And even on the cross, before he said it was finished, he said, I thirst. It's almost like the water was getting his mouth ready to declare it was finished. There's something in the water to the point that even when they pierced his side, blood and came out. As if even in his body he's preaching to us that you must first be saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, but after that salvation, there must be an experience, a public declaration, the water, it declares that it is something that is going public and will no longer be private. I have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm telling you, there's something in the water. His first miracle, remember that wedding? Where he changed the molecular structure of H2O to Pinot Noir? <laughs> that was his first miracle. Not raising the dead, to stop this couple from being embarrassed because they didn't order enough wine. Woo, but thank God they had some water. They didn't have enough wine but they had enough water. I'm glad they had enough water. If they didn't have enough water, woo, they would have never got wine. Oh, see, you don't like that. You don't like that, because I found most people, they don't want to participate in the miracle that God wants to do in their life. People just want to stand there with a glass and say, well, just let the wine appear. No, 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 at least you got water. Go fill up the jars with water first and let me change the water, because God wants you to participate in the miracle. I wonder if you're missing on the miracle you could have, because you don't realize what you already have. No, they didn't have wine, but thank God they had water, because sometimes God wants to see, well, you just give him something to work with, if you just give a little bit of faith, if you just take a step forward. Let me hurry. Y'all not going to help me preach on baptism Sunday. The first miracle had water. There's something in the water. Where would we be without the water? No Noah without the water. No Peter walking without the water. No Jesus saying, peace be still, without the water. No disciples who were fishermen. If there was no water, where would the Bible be without what I'm telling you there's something in the water. Where would we be without a savior who took the place of a servant and washed the feet 
of his disciples. Remember Peter's response? No, I'm good, Jesus. Uh, don't do me. I'm fine. And Jesus says something. He says, you can have no part in me unless I do this. Psychologists have even told us that whenever we feel dirty on the inside, one of the first things we'll actually do is to go wash ourselves. I know it's church, so you got to act super safe like you ain't never been there. But some people know what it's like to have done something so dirty that you have to physically get in the shower to wash. And you're trying to wash the dirt you feel on the inside. The problem with that is you can't wash yourself. You can't clean yourself. That's what Peter was trying to do. Jesus, I'm good. I'm got it. He says, no, no, no. The reason you can have no part of me unless you let me do this is because you need to understand that I am the only one that can wash you clean. You can't save yourself. You can't fix yourself. You can't redeem yourself. You must let me wash you. So Peter says, all right, well, then do it all. Let's go all in. Wash everything. <laughs> you have to let me do it. Where would we be without water? And believe it or not, all of those aforementioned instances, as powerful as they are, they all pale in comparison to that monumental, magnificent moment where Jesus, Jesus in the Jordan River one day gets baptized. Woo. That was the moment when your Savior, my Lord, and your Lord got baptized. How many know Jesus getting baptized is the greatest biblical argument for why baptism is a necessity? It's the greatest biblical argument. You should build doctrine on stuff that's in the Bible. Yeah, the sprinkling for baptism ain't in the Bible. Infant baptism is not in the Bible. And one baby got baptized in the Bible. But your savior, he got baptized. That is not enough, enough to let you know how important it is. He chose to be baptized. I can give you all kinds of scriptures for it. I, I can give you, let's go to Matthew 28. I can give you Matthew 28. Some of the last words of Jesus, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That the last words that would come out of the mouth of your Savior, that great commission includes being baptized. But even beyond that, the fact that your Savior would take the time to get baptized is proof positive that once you put your faith in him, you must get baptized. I love the moment because he gets in the water and understand up until this point, he has been obscurity for 30 years. Ooh, complete obscurity. How many in here, you wanna be like Jesus? Can I see your hand if you wanna be like Jesus? Do you though? <laughs> I feel like, Everybody wants to be like Jesus, but nobody wants to be like Jesus. <laughs> because we say we want to be like him, and I think we reduce it to like crowds and miracles, and your mind computes it to like, oh, my business is going to blow up, <laughs> and I'm going to have a good social media follow. Like, you want to be like, you want to be in obscurity, complete anonymity for 30 years? 30 years. You want to be the son of the living God 
for 30 years and you can't post about it? You, you really, you want to be like him? You want to be completely ignored? Some of you mad right now because somebody didn't like what you posted yesterday. You want to be like him? 30 years of complete obscurity, of complete anonymity until one day at 30, he said it's time. And I can see him, oh, I can see it. I can see him walking in line with the other people who knew they needed to repent. Some of them probably didn't even know who was standing next to them. I want to pause and thank God for a Savior who will get in the line with other sinners is not afraid to be identified with you even though there's no sin in him at all. He's just standing in line just like you're about to in a moment. Standing in line. They didn't even know. Right next to the Savior standing in line and all of a sudden here's who you don't want to be you don't want to be the person getting baptized right before John sees Jesus coming in the water oh John probably just let that dude fall <laughs> my bad bro behold <laughs> get up it wasn't that bad go behold I'm not worthy Ooh, to even latch his sandals. I told you I'm baptizing with water, but he will baptize you with fire and with the Holy Spirit. This, this is that moment. This is him. Behold, look, he was in line. You didn't even see it because you can be right next to a miracle and not even realize the miracle is happening. So he had to declare, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Said everybody must have gone. Oh, he must be somebody if John's saying, Behold. And I wonder how John knew. Did a halo shine over Jesus' head? No. I think he knew because it felt familiar. Remember, Jesus is not just his Christ, it's his cousin. And this isn't the first time that they've been in water and close. Too much for Sunday morning. You remember John's mama Elizabeth who hadn't felt her baby move for a long, long time and all of a sudden this girl named Mary, you remember her from Christmas? Uh, she shows up on Elizabeth's doorstep and Elizabeth says, hold up, girl, as soon as you came and knocked on the door, my baby started kicking and moving and that baby got filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh God, while it was still in the womb of his mama, that's the first time they met. Jesus and John did not first meet in the Jordan River. They first met in the belly of their mamas, almost like a preview for what was about to occur, that God was about to do something significant. This was a moment that felt so familiar. John said, this is it. I felt this before. He's the one. No, 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 Jesus, I can't, no, 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 you need a baptism, this is crazy, what, this, this is, this, this, this is, this is giving Michael Jordan shooting lessons, what, you know, you, you, you baptize me, I can't baptize you, no, 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 John, you have to baptize me, because this is not about you, John, this even, isn't even about me, I don't have no sin, this is them in the line, <laughs> 
but John, hear me. We have to fulfill all righteousness. What is all? John, I'm not just here as God in the flesh to die the death that humanity was supposed to die. I'm also here in the flesh to live the life that humanity was supposed to live. John, we gotta fulfill all righteousness so that I can be an example to some people at the high fire on June 27th. I have to be an example to some people at the high fire at Social Dallas. John's like, Social Dallas is coming later. They're going to be at the high fire on June 27th after the 10 a.m. service, and they're going to get baptized. And I'm not getting baptized because they're sinning me. No, 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 no. I have no sin at all. But I must be a faithful example to show them that once you put your faith in me, the next step is to take that which was private and make it public and to make a declaration that for God I will live and for God I will die. And the old me is going down in the water, but the new me is coming up ready to walk into everything God has for me. There is something, something in the water. And what a beautiful moment we have today to not only get baptized, but to also have what I've been praying for since we started advertising this baptism service, that this would be an open heaven moment. The Bible says the heavens opened up. The whole Trinity showed up. The whole Trinity showed up. God the Father declares something from heaven. God the Son is in the water, and the Holy Spirit is descending like a dove. And God the Father says the words that every person in here has to hear, and not just hear, but believe. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. What would your life look like if you lived from that approval instead of for other people's approval? How many of us would be drastically changed if we could just live from the approval of that voice? It says, you're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. Girl, you ain't got to post that on Instagram. You're my beloved daughter. Son, you ain't got to prove, you ain't got to flex like that, but put your shirt on, bro. Look, you're my beloved son. You don't have to go to that bottle. You, you don't have to look forward in that relationship. You don't have to swipe left, right, up, and down. Just look up. Feel the approval of your father saying over you today. This is my beloved child in whom I'm well placed. There's something in the water. That's what I'm praying over social Dallas today. And not only when we get baptized out there, but even right now, you would sense heaven opening up, saying you're approved. I'm gonna ask every person to stand to your feet that can. as all heads be bowed and all eyes be closed. I love it. I love a Savior that was willing to stand in line to be identified as a sinner and was willing to be baptized just 
to be my example to fulfill all righteousness. It's crazy. Your Savior didn't even baptize people, but he got baptized. I think he didn't baptize people on purpose. Talk about approval. Can you imagine? <laughs> Who baptized you? Uh, Jesus. The Bible's clear his disciples baptized. Because I don't think he wanted anybody to have to say, oh, it was Jesus that baptized. No, it's not about who baptizes you. It's about being baptized in the moment. And that's what's about to happen today. But before we go out there, I'm going to ask every head be bowed, all eyes be closed. Because somebody today needs an opportunity to live from the approval of your father. Stop fighting for the approval of other people. Whew. Think back over my life. Things I've done. Fighting for an approval that I already had. And look at the sequence of how Jesus gets it. It's at the beginning of his ministry. Hasn't healed anybody. Hasn't casted out one demon. Hasn't walked on water hasn't healed a single blind eye and yet the father's already smiling from heaven going this is my beloved son <laughs> oh I'm so pleased with him how he hasn't done anything I know and I'm still pleased because my approval has nothing to do with performance everything to do with relationship and proximity to me. Stop fighting for the approval your heavenly Father has already given you. Heads about eyes are closed, but if you're here today and it'd be so honest to say, I've been fighting for that approval. And today I need to receive the love of this Father who speaks over you today. Would you just lift up your hand as a sign to say, that's me. I need, I need that today. Lift it up and put it right back down. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm asking for anybody that says, I just need that. I'm, I've been looking for it for other people. Some of you have been walking with Jesus, but you're still trying to find the approval in other people, trying to find it. Some people even do it in trying to serve Jesus, trying to get him to approve when he already has. Anybody else say, that's me. Thank you, Jesus. It's still bowed, I'll still close. I want to be real specific today. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, today's your day. This is your day. Say, God, I am tired of being in Egypt trying to do things on my own, slave to sin and my own decisions. Today, I'm giving you my life. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. If you never surrendered your life to Jesus, maybe you need to rededicate your life to him today. I don't care if it's one person. You'd be worth it. And God made sure you got in the room for this moment. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand high enough, long enough to where I could see it? Say, God, I'm giving you my life today. I'm giving you my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Anybody else? I see in the balcony. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to do. If you lifted up your hand that second time saying, I need to give my life to Jesus. Understand, you don't get saved by getting baptized. Baptism 
is a public declaration of an inner commitment that you have already made. It is the wedding ceremony. It's like saying, I'm going to get married to get in love. No, generally, even if it don't work out later, you in love before. This is, this is, baptism is not about salvation. Baptism is the proclamation of an inward decision. But if you just lift up your hand that second time saying, I've never just made that decision to receive the free gift. Today is your day. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to get yourself together. He already paid the price. He already fulfilled all righteousness. All. So if you lift up your hand that second time, I'm going to ask you to be so bold and so brave. Even if you're in the balcony, you got to walk down a lot of steps. I think every step is worth it. I just want you to come meet me right here at this altar. And you're going to hear people giving God praise just to celebrate the goodness of a God who always calls people home. Come on. If you lifted up your hand that second time, come on saying, today's my day. Today's my day. I, I'm coming home today. I'm coming home today. Come on, I don't care how far you got to walk. It's worth the walk. It's worth the walk. I promise you. I promise you it's worth the walk. Come on, come on. Today's your day. Jesus, I'm coming home today. I'm coming home. Thank you. Thank you for fulfilling all righteousness. Thank you, God. Thank you for living the life that I was supposed to live. Thank you. I don't have to try to wash myself. I can't wash myself. Some of you, you feel so dirty on the inside and you're trying to wash something that you can't wash off. Oh, the blood of Jesus, that's what the cross did. I know your mind can't comprehend it, but he paid the price. He can wash it clean. He can use it to be a testimony of his goodness and his grace. Anybody else? I just want to give a few more moments for anybody else to say today's the day. Today's the day I'm coming home. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you at this altar, just right where you are, could you just lift up your hands just like this, just to receive? In fact, let's join them. I think that'd be awesome, just as a family for all of us. I love this because this is the international sign of surrender to say, God, I give up. I surrender and I'm going to lead them in a prayer the power is not in my words it's in you declaring it just from your heart we're all going to say it as one big collective family today would you just say this say dear Jesus thank you so much for loving me enough to pay the price for my sins Jesus thank you for coming from heaven to earth, for putting on human skin, you felt everything I felt. You loved me so much. You became me. Thank you for being faithful when I was faithless. Thank you for fulfilling all righteousness. So today, I surrender. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. I give you all of me. From this moment forward, I'm walking with you. I'm all in. In Jesus' name. 
we would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.